0: So, hello and welcome to episode 15, Match Day 10 of United United, uh, with me, Dave, and Jem. Hi, Jem. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Dave. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Jem. Uh, I'm going to start with you today, Jem. We had El Sakiko. Spurs against Man United. A losing manager gets sacked. That was your prediction. And I think you... What what was your actual prediction of the
1: score, Jim? I believe I predicted uh, 2-1 to United. Yeah.
0: And how did it go?
1: Well, my prediction almost came true. Mm -hmm. But it was better than expected. It was a 3-0 away win to Manchester United. Um, You know what? I don't know how I feel about this result, because I think, in the long run, this is going to be a bad result for us. <laughs> well, Oli,
0: go on. But, Oli,
1: Oli looks to have you know, saved his job for another week. Um, the result of that, it, you know you, said, you mentioned it was the um, El kill. Nuno has been sacked.
0: He has indeed. That was announced this morning. We're recording this on Monday. And the talk is, Jem, that Conte is already lined up and in talks for the Spurs job, which means, Jem, this result means you miss out on Conte as a possible replacement for Solskjaer if these next three games don't work out.
1: Yeah. So what have we done? (laughs) Exactly. What have we done? Um, Conte is going to come in and he's going to actually, you know, inherit quite a decent squad at Tottenham. I know you're probably going to disagree with that, but oh, of they've, got a f- <laughs> they've got a few <laughs> decent players. And I can just see this now. Tottenham finishing above Man United. Everyone kicking off at the end of the season. What have United done? Not getting Conte when they had the chance. And Ollie smiling at the end. Well, at least I got through that tough period, eh, lads? <laughs> um, so, you know what? This result has papered over the cracks for me. I'm still not believing in Ollie's uh tactics and, and, and away of the of the team. Uh obviously I still blame the players, you know, for this as well, but they they've they've lost faith in him. And I love Ollie, like I've mentioned before, but um it was Tottenham, let's be honest. <laughs> we were gonna get a result against Tottenham. We could have had no manager and we still would have got a result. So um yeah nothing means nothing to me. 3-0 away win. Yeah got a few a few goals it felt nice you know finally get a win but not good enough for me i'm afraid i'm just going to record some facts
0: here jem um just for future reference we might need to come back to this at this stage of the season 10 games played united are two points and three positions better off than spurs as a result of that win so you're fifth with 17 spurs are eighth with 15 now once uh Conte is at the Spurs wheel and Oli, if Oli remains at the Man United wheel, we will review that later in the season and see whether this win was a turning point for
1: Man United in a good way or a bad way. I look forward to seeing how that goes, actually. Um, and, and you know, I'll give United a bit of praise. They they started Cavani and Ronaldo Um Two of the players that I, you know, everyone knows that I love. Um, two, you know, experienced strikers, a bit like yourself, Dave. Um, yeah, saving all his job again.
0: Well, interestingly, Gem, if you don't mind me interrupting there, um, just to take us on a little, uh, little tangent. I remember uh, I spoke uh, I told the listeners about a fascinating story I had buying AstroTurf shoes or not buying AstroTurf shoes in a well-known sports shop last week Mm, yes Um, so I played football with my old AstroTurf's on because they didn't have the right size and also the guy trying to sell the shoes was a Tottenham fan as as listeners may remember (laughs) Um, and I had to walk out because mainly because I was confused because he was agreeing with all my anti-Tottenham comments and Uh, anyway, I played in my old AstroTurfs on Thursday night. And in, this is going to be a humble brag, Jem. Not, maybe not so humble, but a humble brag. Um, first few minutes, we got a corner. I was playing in midfield. The uh, I could see the guy was going to take the corner. And um, I uh, could see that it might come to the far post. So I ghosted in at the far post. The ball just missed the defender's head. The head defender tried to jump up and head it and I could see he was going to miss it. And I caught it with the sweetest of volleys into the bottom corner. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And you know what? That I was probably the most surprised person on the pitch when it went in, to be honest. Because I just I think I closed my eyes. But it was a you know it was it must have looked like a good goal. Because people said, well that was a good goal. So it must have looked like a good goal. And it was early on, and I thought, well, this is going to do wonders for you know, my game tonight with my old AstroTurfs on. Yep. And do you know how I played after that? Go on. Terrible. <laughs> an absolutely terrible game. For the, for the next. We can play for an hour, so for the next 57 minutes, I was awful. <laughs> I kept losing the ball, giving it away, had another scuffed shot that went wide. It, it was abysmal. So I think, Jem, uh, although I could still do a job, it's, as I said last time, it's probably at the back rather than up front for, for most Premier League teams. And I think the moral of the story is I do need my new AstroTurf. So <laughs> I still haven't ordered them. Uh, I'm trying to find the right size. Uh, I'll keep the listeners um, updated on that. So Well,
1: well done for the goal. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Um... The way you, you described it, it sounded a bit, you know, a bit like Ronaldo's goal—brushed the defender's head, volleyed in at the back post. You know, I could, I could, very I similar. I
0: except, I, interestingly, he went far post. I went near post. Right. Um, the reason I went near post was because I just closed my eyes and swung my leg, and it <laughs> could have gone absolutely anywhere, but happened to go near post. So, you know, that's the difference between me and Ronaldo. He does it with precision. I do it with sheer chance. Uh, Well, I'm still
1: impressed Thank you scored the goal. It doesn't doesn't matter
0: about the rest of the performance. At
1: least you scored the goal.
0: And one thing about Ronaldo, while we're on the subject, um, you know, I was talking last time about maybe he's unbalanced the team. And I'll give credit where credit's due, Jim. I think, uh, I don't know if by luck or judgment, Solskjaer has found a better balance playing Cavani and Ronaldo. Uh, That seemed to work. So I've got to say the big money move, Ronaldo to Burnley is probably off also because uh Burnley scored three goals somehow at the weekend um Chris Wood uh got an absolute screamer i noticed mm. and uh this is it the new guy's Corne or Cornette? Cornet Corne yes uh, yeah he actually played really well i think he scored as well so mm. i think the door is closed on the move to, for um Ronaldo's move to Burnley that i was uh, suggesting last week. And maybe, you know what, Jem? maybe Ronaldo heard that and decided to prove me wrong. So, I'm going to take a little bit of credit for Man United's performance there.
1: Well, oh, I can't disagree with that because I think if we go back to the Villarreal game, when I was at the game, and I told Ronaldo to score that goal in the last minute. You did, I remember. Um, and it worked yeah. out. So, he yes. must have come back to this podcast, yep. listened to you, yep. and, you know, is. He's put his performances right. He also got an assist in the game. So Ronaldo is back. Um, yep. Ollie isn't back, but Ronaldo is saving uh, Ollie's job once again.
0: Yeah, Ronaldo has shut me right up. So fair play to him. And <laughs> talking of Ollie, um, the state of his bus. Now, we'd basically given up on that bus because, as far as we were concerned, it was, or as far as you were concerned anyway, it was a burnt out wreck of a bus with no wheels at the bottom of the Manchester Ship Canal. And that's where you wanted it to stay. So, I'm guessing they fished it out. They patched it up. What, what's the state of the bus now, Jem?
1: Well, I don't know what it is right now, but I can tell you what it was on Saturday. Right. Um, so, on Saturday, it was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah. And it was parked in front of um, goal, basically. <laughs> so, it still had no wheels. It was just the shell of the bus. <laughs> So, you know, there's still no glass in the window. So Tottenham <laughs> still had a few leaky chances, you know, yeah. getting through the, getting through the bus, the, the gaps in the bus. Yep. Yeah. Um, because obviously we played five at the back. We played yeah. five at the back and you know what, we still played holding midfielders and Tottenham still created chances, which was very worrying. So um, that was the state of the bus on Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Uh yeah, as you can tell, I'm not happy with that.
0: So, se- basically, seven at the back, including your holding
1: midfielders, including McFred. Including McFred. Seven at the back. Yep. Um, and... I, I, sorry, I, I just wanted to make something up, up on um, yeah. on Eric Dyer. Oh, yeah. Because I've just realised something. If Conte comes in to Tottenham, yeah, Eric Dyer might lose his starting place, because this means... Obviously, we all know that he, he did a bit of his... Uh, childhood in in Portugal. Uh, he's fluent in Portuguese. In Portuguese. Yep. And um, this means he's not going to be able to flirt his way into the manager's starting eleven. Uh, obviously, they had Jose. Then they have yeah. Nuno. Yeah. He's been able to flirt with them a bit to yep. try and get him get him into the lineup. So if Conte comes in, this might be the end of them diabolical performances. <laughs> diabolical.
0: I love that. Uh,
1: does he speak Italian? That's the question, Eric. Dahl. Well, he, you know what? He
0: might, he might surprise us again. He might be swatting up as we speak. Talking of defenders and, you know, parking the bus, even if it was a shell of a bus, one of your defenders trying to block those holes in the windows was uh, our, our good friend Harry Maguire. And just a little interesting anecdote there, Jem, or a little snippet that I heard. I heard Roy, Roy Keane talking about Harry Maguire, and talking about how Harry Maguire, I think, apologised to the fans or something the week before. And he said something about Harry Maguire sounds like a robot or something. Now, I don't know if you heard that, but it immediately made me think about your comment about wanting robot footballers from last week. And mm. I'm just wondering, has it already
1: started without us knowing? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but, well, that's very good. That is very good. Um well, if that is the case, I don't want ro- robot footballers. <laughs> well, that one's not perfected,
0: is it? That's, that's,
1: that's a prototype they're working on. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very good prototype. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I thought the comments from Roy Keane were uh, fantastic. Uh, I loved it. When Harry Maguire came on the TV, I started listening. And that's when he said, you know, like, he said that thing where, I'm on here because I've got to be here. Yeah, that's when he came out with that comment. And that's, that's when I just turned the TV off. But I did watch it again on Twitter later on, because I was actually intrigued to see what he had to say. And it was just the typical thing that Roy Keane said. Um, oh, we need to do better. We need to apologize to the fans. But Roy Keane really, you know, he, he entertained me with his, uh, his mimicking of Harry Maguire. He did.
0: He did a good job there. He's always good value, whether you he agree did. with him or not. Um, exactly. And one other subject I just want to touch on, probably. Uh, gem for the Man United Spurs or Spurs Man United game. We had Charlie on as a guest a a couple of weeks ago and one of his theories or one of his um, wishes actually is for he would buy, he thinks there's a market for this, he would buy an away end season ticket at Spurs. So (laughs) he wants a season ticket for the away end so he can then go and support whichever team is playing Spurs. So each week he would buy, you know, the away scarf as he approaches the ground and stand Mm -hmm. in the away end. And he's now telling me that this would be really good value for money this season. I'm not sure if he's going to change his mind now if Conte comes in, but at the moment he's telling me that would have been a good good value purchase. So Spurs, if you want to increase your revenue a bit, think about an away end season ticket for all the supporters who can't stand Spurs. You get a lot of Arsenal supporters there a lot of West Ham supporters there when Arsenal and West Ham are playing away and Spurs are at home. It mm. could be a big money spinner for you and you need it to pay for that stadium. So, <laughs> something to think about.
1: That is very good. Very good. So, um, well, sort of like a prediction there of what's going to come in the future. You predicting your uh, team's results this week, well, the weekend just gone. Um, you were playing Villa away this weekend, and yep. you predicted a 2 0 loss, so 2 0 Winter Villa to yeah. Dean Smithers.
0: <laughs> I did, Jim. And I've got to say, West Ham have let me down again. <laughs> I mean, how many times is this going to happen? I am the pessimistic West Ham fan. I cannot predict wins for West Ham. So I keep predicting defeats, or occasionally if I'm feeling. St- Quite optimistic, I might predict a draw. And we went a one one and actually made it look quite easy. Um, admittedly, we benefited from ascending off. But um, I've got to say, Jem, that referee, I, he's vying. He's vying for my most frustrating person of the week. He's actually vying with Ronaldo, by the way, because the week I decide not to captain Ronaldo is the week Ronaldo scores 12 points in fantasy football league. So that's, that's annoyed me. But um this referee, honestly, for now's gets assaulted. There's no other word for it, gets assaulted <laughs> by a villa player. Um oh, I can't remember who it was. Courtney Hawes.
1: Courtney Hawes, yeah.
0: Gets absolutely assaulted, a forearm smash into his face. Yep. Uh that gets reviewed by VAR. No no further action other than the yellow card, even though that was an assault. I mean let alone VAR. We need the police on that one, Jim. We need to get the police involved. In that. I agree. I agree. And then he gives, a, he overturns a yellow card that he himself gave and then gives a red card for Bowen being pulled down by Concer. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that could have been two red cards. But to be honest, I didn't think the second one was as much of a red card as the first one. Um, the, first, the second one, was he heading towards goal? I don't want to give Dean Smith any credit because he did say that himself. So I've got to disagree with Dean Smith, I guess, and say, yeah, it was a clear goal-scoring opportunity. But, yeah, it could have been two red cards. I don't know if that would have been unprecedented, wouldn't it? Two red cards in one move? That would have been, to, to the same team, that would have been incredible. Mm. Um, but we took full advantage, Jim. We took full advantage of that. Uh, Fornals was involved in another little altercation later on where he uh, went for a 50-50 ball with a Villa player. I can't remember who the Villa player was, but all I know is he did five somersaults after the tackle to try and get now sent off. Macamba, Was it Macamber? Uh, or Macamber. But then that didn't uh, materialise. And literally a minute later, Fornaus is knocking a ball into the back of the net. And there was some sweet <laughs> justice in that. Yep. Uh, so, I, of course, I was a very happy man. Very, very happy man. We are absolutely massive the quintuple <laughs> is still on. We're fourth. We're fourth. And as, as Charlie said, if we'd have won that nine one uh, ten one, we'd have been third. And we weren't far off it. We're only six goals short of that. We're level with um we're level with Fraudiola's lot. Oh. And I think we're playing them in a two or three weeks. So that will be that will be a game, Jem. That will be a yep. game. And uh, yeah, we're fourth. We've consolidated fourth place. Uh, we're looking well. We're looking so good. I'm just totally confused. Just totally confused by this season. And, I mean, yeah.
1: that re- that you know that result. It could have been, um, right? It could have been a result from from the news this week. Um, brought a bit of positive news into the West Ham camp about your. Well, it's another Czech guy. Another guy from the Czech Republic. Do you want to talk about that, Dave?
0: Yeah, well, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that one because uh, I, I would have, I might have forgotten that, and I do want to talk about this. Uh, we've got a new part owner, or is about to become a new part owner. Uh, I think he's going to take about twenty or thirty percent ownership of the club. Daniel Kredinski, I think he's uh, linked with Sparta Prague, or uh, owner of Sparta Prague, or part owner of Sparta Prague. Billionaire. Of he is. Czech billionaire, worth about four billion. Something mm. like that. So, you know, not that that could buy that could buy uh, a decent centre forward uh, back up for Antonio. Patrick and,
1: Schick, say again, it'll have to be Patrick Schick because he's the the only Czech striker I know at the minute. <laughs> he I mean, dis- they're not going to go for anyone else, are they?
0: Well, it's got to be a Czech player, obviously, because and also he scored that wonder goal against uh, Scotland in the I, in the Euros of, in the summer, <laughs> yeah. but. I'm not sure how much value that puts on his transfer though, because it was only Scotland, <laughs> let's face it. But but what I really want to highlight is not anything about Daniel Kutinsky, but actually I want to highlight Suchek's pivotal role at the club. So Moyes brought Suchek in a couple of seasons ago, I think in the January transfer window a couple of seasons ago. Since then, Suchek turned agent. So he first of all he had a great, a great run in the Team as a as an attacking midfielder scoring goals. So we, we have this, this player who is a great attacking midfield goal scorer. That's number one. Mm. He then turns agent and goes and gets Suffel, <laughs> uh one of his mates, into the club. And Suffal has been a revelation. I think five million we paid for him, mm-hmm. and he's been solid as a rock. Um then on the back of that, we get uh, the other Czech player whose name escapes me right now. Uh, Kral. Kral. We get Kral, who's actually been out with COVID for a bit, but he's he's on his way back. Uh, so sufal has been doing a bit of um, a bit of agent work and a bit of scouting work for the club, and now he's a business deal broker because clearly. Suchek's fingerprints are o- all over this, introducing, making the connection between West Ham and Kratinsky So basically, Suchek is pulling the strings of this club and right- running the club. And I can't say enough about him,
1: Jem. I mean. So is it's... David Moyes Mr. West Ham or is it Thomas Suchek? Because, you know, <laughs> David Moyes brings Suchek in, but it looks like Suchek's actually doing all the work. So who do we, who do we congratulate here?
0: I think we've got to congratulate both of them. I think what we've got is we've got the puppet master and the puppeteer. We've got Suchek behind the uh, scenes, pulling the strings. Moyes is the front man, taking the plaudits. And, you know, to be fair to Suchek, that's his his style. He doesn't want the plaudits. You know, you saw him get kicked in the face up at Everton the other week. Had to have plastic surgery, but he's back three days later playing in uh, Europa League football. Um, He doesn't make any fuss, Jem. He makes no fuss at all but he's pulling the strings and allowing others to take the plaudits. So what a signing. What a player, well, what a man.
1: Yep. He is a he has been a good signing. Um but you know you said doesn't want to make a fuss. He doesn't. Um but what about the rest of the West Ham players? Ben Johnson pings one in on his left foot. Good goal to be fair from yep. right back. Yep. And then they go to the corner flag and start dancing. Well, it's just another awful celebration. What is all that about? (laughs) Well, I can tell
0: you what it's about. Uh, There's a video circulating of Ben Johnson when he was 14 doing some kind of dance at school. And (laughs) that got leaked out onto the media this week. All the players saw it, thought it was funny. And then they told him if he scores, he's got to pull that celebration out. So that just shows your team spirit, Jem a bunch of grown men dancing like 14 year olds. That's what, that's what it's all about. That brings people together. So we had that. Then I'm sure you're going to bring up the uh, Declan Rice slide after he scores. Um, Very, very actually balletic as he pirouetted, he turned during his slide to face his teammates after his goal.
1: Yeah, it was a bit. um, Yeah. I I wasn't too impressed with it. I've got to say, uh, (laughs) Uh, you know, when United do end, end up signing him, which is probably next summer, I hope he isn't pulling that one out at Old Trafford.
0: Yeah, he, he can cut that out. You can get him to cut that out, I think. And then, uh, yeah, Nows, as I mentioned, scored and went over to celebrate with the West Ham fans. And then, um, actually, the, the fourth goal was the best goal. Um, mm, it was we see a, good it goal. For a minute. That actually was a very good team goal because um, Antonio could have shot. And, well, we know where that would have gone. That would have been hitting Rosette. <laughs> As he was shaping to shoot, but he did the right thing, slipped in. Uh, uh, who did he slip in? Was it Lanzini? Lanzini, Lanzini, that's right. Bowen. Slipped in Lanzini. Lanzini could have and probably should have shot, but he did the right thing and just squared it to Bowen, who sort of basically had a tap in. So it was a great goal to watch, mm. and uh, that rounded off, the, uh, rounded off the day nicely and really shut Dean Smith up. He didn't have anything to say after that, so.
1: Yeah, I can imagine you were, you know, smirking at the TV when they had him arguing with the fourth official. Uh, I can imagine you were like that, and Charlie. I can imagine Charlie enjoyed that one as well. We were, we were both very much
0: enjoying that. So that was a good, that was a good moment and a good win, Gem. And uh, just to say, following on the West Ham theme, we are away a to Genk in the um, ah. in the Europa.
1: Yep, that's come around quick.
0: It has come around quick. It's the return fixture, isn't it? It's the middle fixtures of, yeah. of the uh, of the European games. Uh, so they play home and away those middle fixtures. So we're away to Genk, the Smurfs, <laughs> at the I don't know how to pronounce it, the Segeka or the Kegeka Stadium, okay, over in uh, Belgium, Gem. This is Belgium. <laughs> we're getting we're getting hot on our geography now, and yep. uh, you know this is going to be a tough game, Gem. Uh, We are, let me build it up a bit, though. We are leading this group by, uh, well, we're nine points. We're Nine out of nine. We're leading this group very well. One more game to qualify. We're playing well. We've, uh, I think, won our last three games. Maybe our last, yeah, certainly our last three games. Um, And it doesn't matter what team we put out, Gem. We're winning every game. So I'm going to go 1-0 Genk on this one, Jem, just okay. because I feel like there's a banana skin looming somewhere and, uh, this could be it. So anyway, that's, uh, that's the West Ham's next game. Who, who've Man United got next?
1: Well, just before I tell you my news, I don't think any of our listeners are going to take your prediction seriously anymore, Dave. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. We'll, we'll come back to that again. like We always do. So, yep. Yeah, yep. For us, it's the uh, Champions League middle game as well. It's the return fixture of um, Atalanta. We'll be playing at the Stadio di Bergamo stadium, oh. which which only has a twenty one thousand seat capacity. So um, it'll be a tight, hostile atmosphere. I can imagine. Yep. As it always is when you go to Italy. Yeah. Um, but if I say but, <laughs> I'm going to go back to twenty. 2020, I think it was. <laughs> no, I think it was about a year ago. Actually, all his job was under pressure, and um, we had we basically had three games to uh to to save his job, and them fixtures were Tottenham, a Champions League game, yep. and Man City. And believe it or not, our recent game was Spurs. Yeah, we've got a Champions League game against Atalanta, and we play Man City at the weekend. So. We did win all them games. So maybe, you know. <laughs> we could see a bit of deja vu here, Dave. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I kinda hope we don't get the result. Um because I don't want us to start thinking that we're we're back and we're we're brilliant, because we're not. Uh I, I obviously want us to win, but I hope it's a struggle. I hope it's not as easy as um <laughs> as it was against Spurs. So
0: uh Yep. It could be deja vu all over again, Jem. And, you know, I, I just don't know what you want here, Jem, because if you're sort of if you sort of thinking that you still want Conte, there's a real gamble here of, is Conte, Conte must be looking at this thinking, do I take this Spurs job? They've got, you know, they've got a nice stadium, but look at the players I've got to deal with. I mean, Eric Dyer, as you mentioned before, he's number one. You know, I've mm-hmm. got to deal with him. And then look at the rest of them. Deli Alley, Harry Kane, who doesn't even want to be here. You know, it's, it's, does he gamble Conte and go, go yes, before uh, Levy starts working his way through the other, the list of other available managers, such as um, Steve Bruce, Mick McCarthy, Eddie Howe, and so on. Does he start working his way through them? So, does, does Conte hold his nerve and wait to see what happens on Wednesday? Is it tomorrow night or Wednesday night you're playing?
1: Uh, I can't tell you. It's. Okay. I think I'm going to say it's Tuesday.
0: Okay. So, until later this week, anyway, to work out, to see what happens in the Man United game. Because if, let's say, United get thrashed and Ollie, and Ollie goes, then Conte will just be able to name his price for the Man U job. Um, so, does he hold out? Or does he go well? A bird in the hand, and take the uh, take the Spurs job. So that's the dilemma. That's uh, Conte's
1: dilemma. Should uh, we really be fighting for a manager with Spurs? I don't think we should. I think uh, <laughs> I think if, if if he's decided to go there, he must not be at our level. Um, so that's a good point. Well, Nuno is now
0: available, of course, <laughs> and we've all seen what, how he can organise a team. They do play. Very attractive football in terms of passing it around the back.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do, yeah. and then no, they and no they can. Uh, yeah, exactly. They can lose to an Olegan a Solskjaer team. So, yeah, they um they you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna predict I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction and I'm gonna say we beat them three two at home. I'm gonna say three two away to United. <sighs>
0: 3-2 away.
1: Yeah, three I can two. see goals. I can see goals. I I can see us going five at the back again. But like I said, we still looked leaky. So that's my prediction for the, yeah. um, the game.
0: I think that's realistic. And it is tomorrow night, Jim. I've just looked that up. And okay. so if Conte doesn't sign today, I reckon he'll hold out and to see how that game goes <laughs> tomorrow night. We'll just see. Yep. That's excellent. Um, we should probably go on to our uh second teams yep
1: this week who who was yours gem
0: <laughs> who were you supporting this week
1: well um why don't we go to you dave because obviously um your second team were uh, a team quite close to this podcast
0: <laughs> well of course I've had a really good weekend haven't I because yeah. my second team was Manchester United mm. so I was a red devil for Saturday night. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, what a team! I've just, i just support such a great team. Do you know what? <laughs> great balance to the team, Jem. I, I liked the way uh, my team set up with five at the back, two holding midfielders, and then four attackers or four other players trying to do something. Anyway, luckily, two of them were absolutely world class, and that helped. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, we played well. We we played well. We dismantled Tottenham. I think we've got a great manager. loving the way he sets the team up and loving his tactics, loving the, it's a bit like um, my first team gem, the sort of almost chaotic counter-attacking, do your best lads sort of football (laughs) that, you know, you can sort of blunder your way to victories with that. And uh, yeah, my team Man United did that. So I was absolutely loving it. Uh, And uh, you can imagine I was a very happy red at about what about quarter past seven on Saturday night? I can um, imagine
1: it's only here on United United that you'll hear Dave talk that highly of Man United. Trust me. <laughs> so very good.
0: It can only happen twice a season, Jem. and that <laughs> it was can. On, And I'm waiting for it. Yep. I'm just fingers crossed for the next time.
1: Yep. Uh, so my second team was well. It was the the Seagulls, right? It was the Seagulls. Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned Graham Potter in the last episode. Next England manager. Forget the England job. Next Man United manager. What a guy. (laughs) What a manager. I mean, to come from 2 0 down at Anfield, bring it back to 2 2. And they could have snuck snuck a win in that game. They really could have. Wow. They could have. Uh, Credit to him. Uh, I'm a happy gully. Um, (laughs) Gully. I'm a gully. (laughs) Very happy one. Um, I mean, they've got some great players. I mean, Lallana, he, what a player. Trossard just just absolutely adored his performance at Anfield. And it was really nice to see Klopp with that, you know, that confused look on his face that he always has in <laughs> uh, his stupid cap. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Ollie couldn't do it, but I'm glad Mr. Graham Potter could do it. So, yeah, I'm a happy gully this week.
0: <coughs> yeah, no, I was very pleased for you, Gem. Uh I was very pleased to see Brighton do what they did. It was uh, it was great to watch. And it was great to see Klopp's smile wiped off his face. And uh, yeah, very good. And talking of managers that... Uh... Oh, one thing I want to say, by the way, about Brighton. They didn't play Mope, did they? No. And I think that was a masterstroke because that would have been down to 10 men pretty quickly, I reckon, <laughs> if they'd played him. Yeah, probably. So very clever by Potter. As I said last time, um, a poor man's Gareth Southgate. but He's doing a great job there. And... It,
1: it, it was a magical performance, so he must be related to Harry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is, that's your best one. That's your best one of the whole series. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was sorry, dude. That was worth, <laughs> <Sorry, dude. laughs> <I>, I... <laughs> worth it. I, I, I sprung that one on you. You dude. did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad we went back to Brighton there with MoPay because I nearly forgot that bit. But <laughs> that was very good. It was worth it for that. Um, talking of managers, Jem, uh, I want to just visit revisit one of our old friends, Ranieri. <laughs> you know, he was going to be out by Christmas. Then he's the next best thing. And now he goes and loses 2-0 to Arsenal at home. Comments? Uh,
1: well, no. Ranieri, you get mixed up with his old club, aren't you? They lost 1-0 at home to Southampton. Oh,
0: sorry. I'm getting mixed up. I knew he no, lost. You are.
1: I mean, that joke probably, you know, set you back a bit there. I, I can imagine. <laughs> <you know. laughs>
0: so confused.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you're right. You're exactly right in what you're saying. Um out by Christmas. He's, you know, he turned the tables around in the 5-2 win at Everton. And now he's out at Christmas again. Maybe even before Christmas. Um, <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, yeah. He talks about, you know, before the game, he was saying, uh, you know, we're going to get a clean clean sheet this week, so i get some dinner. Nope, you're not. They couldn't even score a goal. After scoring five, they couldn't even score a goal. So, yeah, out by Christmas for me.
0: Yeah, as you say... He's lost to Southampton, Jim, at home.
1: Yeah, Unbelievable. Nice. Unbelievable. And, and, you know, there's another guy in this league um, that we had a similar prediction for. But I, okay, I say we. Okay, no, I was not involved in this. <laughs> um, you had a similar prediction for when he first came to the Premier League. Uh, well, he came into the, into the job. Patrick Vieira, Dave. <laughs> Remember him? I think I probably predicted
0: out by the end of September, didn't I? I thought he was going to be another Frank de Boer and wouldn't last, wouldn't last a month. And what you know, I think he's probably my most frustrating person of the week. Oh wow! <laughs> because you know, West Ham keep proving me wrong, but this guy—he's taking it to another level. He's taking it to another level. You know, I've called him out saying he's just not going to cut it. He's gone and beaten Man City at home, at Man City. It's just unbelievable. Mm. It's just unbelievable. And they didn't they didn't just beat Man City, they beat them comfortably, 2-0. Yep.
1: Um,
0: I I don't know what to say about myself. I think I need to hang my head in shame at my prediction making. Um having said that, I still think this is a bit of a honeymoon period for Vieira. <laughs> So, I'm going to stick to my guns, Jem, and say this isn't going to end well. This okay. isn't going to end well. Sure, they've got a few decent players, quite a few actually, decent signings that they've made that are um, sort of uh, doing very, very well. Mm. But surely this has got to unravel at some point, Jem. Surely I've got to be right. Surely.
1: Well, we're going to monitor this all season, Dave. So, don't worry about that. We'll, okay. we'll be coming back to him. <laughs>
0: So I'm going to name him as my most frustrating person of the week, just because okay. he just keeps pulling out these results that make me look a fool, Jem. Make <laughs> me look a fool, even more foolish than forgetting that Ranieri is now at Watford. That's how yeah, foolish. Well, yeah.
1: That's how foolish I felt. Well, like I said, that joke must have took you back a minute.
0: <laughs> it certainly did. Well, I
1: might as well mention my um, most frustrating person this week. We've only got to talk about our second teams for uh, yep. midweek as well, but. I might as well mention my frustrating person. And, um, well, we've mentioned quite a few annoying people this week, but I'm going to go to another fixture. Um, and it was Newcastle versus Chelsea. And the person yeah. I'm most annoyed with is Jorginho. <laughs> Why? The reason, well, well, the reason I'm annoyed at him is because Rhys James put in two pretty decent goals at Newcastle. Put them 2-0 up. Yep. Eightieth minute, it's you know it's done and dusted. The game's done, Um and then they get a penalty in the eighty-third minute, eighty-fourth minute. Yep. And you know, Reese James is never going to get another opportunity to get a hat trick again, is he? Really? I mean, it's unlikely.
0: Yeah.
1: Um He's a right back, right yep. wing back. So maybe you know, maybe he's still under two, clearly still might because their their full backs seem to score quite a few goals. Yep. But they get a penalty. He gets a chance to put a, get a hat trick goal. And what happens? No. Jorginho with his white slim shady styled hair picks up the ball says I'm having it does this stupid little run up to the ball stupid little Panaca penalty and gives it big into all the Newcastle fans yeah no one's interested in you mate everyone wants to see Rhys James get a hat trick and what are you doing just because he won the Euros with Italy and he missed the penalty in that game I'd just like to say Indeed. probably his only penalty that he's missed but why not give him the chance? Hmm? A young kid in Rhys James, give him the chance to get a hat-trick. But no, Jorginho has to ruin the party. So I'm very
0: frustrated with him. I can, I can hear that, Jem, and I, I've got to agree with you. It's just give give the young guy the ball, let him complete his hat-trick. But no, he has to take the limelight. And, you know, that brings back horrible flashbacks for me because I remember that penalty save. That was Pickford, wasn't it? Save that. Because mm. that was to win it. And you thought, ah, oh, well... <laughs> We're back in this. This is it. This is the tide has turned, mm. and then we miss the next one, don't we? Yep. So yeah, that was a, a bleak flashback I've just had. But uh, maybe yeah. I'm still
1: bitter. Maybe I'm still bitter.
0: Oh. Yeah, I think maybe you are. But I think it's a good. It's a good call, Gem. I think we're, we're all bitter. Um, uh, it's a good call, and it's, it's a very good, frustrating uh, player. I like that one. Yep. So we come on to who we're supporting, our second teams that we're supporting. And I'm just going to quickly jump in and say, it's back to uh, Vitesse, Vitesse Arnhem. Dutch, Dutch. team, Gem.
1: Dutch, yep,
0: yep. Dutch team. Vitesse means speed or quick, <laughs> fast. Now, I'm hoping they don't get Conte in in time for him to organise this shambles of a Spurs team. But to be honest, even if they do this in time, <laughs> They are still a shambles of a Spurs team, and he's not yep. surely not going to change that overnight. Yep. So I'm going to be a strong Vitesse Arnhem supporter, and I'm looking for an, an away win here, Gem. I'm looking yep. for us to beat Spurs and more happy days. So, yep. and you know, just on this subject of Spurs, I am very frustrated, frustrated, and I couldn't. I've spoke to you before this podcast, Gem, about who am I frustrating fred- against because. West Ham, as you know, have drawn Spurs in the next round of the Carabao Cup. Yep. And when that draw was made, Charlie contacted me and said, right, we don't want Nuno sacked. <laughs> One thing we don't want is Nuno sacked. We want him to last another month. And I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. So now it's looking like this is unraveling and Nuno has been sacked. And I don't want Conte in because he's going to organise Spurs. So... Who am I frustrated about there? Is it, is it Nuno for getting sacked? Is it Man United for beating them? Is it Levy for bringing Conte in? Is it Conte himself for coming in?
1: Um, I'm struggling. It's got to right be then. Ollie It's got to be Ollie Dave. <laughs> Oli has got him in the sack. Ollie has worked well, a miracle here. He was about to get sacked and he's somehow got another manager sacked. So, yeah. Ollie. Well, Ollie in that
0: case, uh, it's joint managers this week for me, Jem. Uh, my most frustrating people are Vieira and Ollie. <laughs> Fair play. Thanks, thanks for clearing that up for me, Jim. That's helped.
1: That's all right. Uh, speaking of uh, amazing managers, no, I'm only really joking. Um, we're going to go to Atletico Madrid. Yeah. The uh, Diego Simeone. Yeah. Um, he's obviously head and shoulders above Mr. Ollie um, and Nuno, but um, that's who I'll be supporting midweek as well. That'll be my second team. Brilliant. Um, return leg. At well, the return fixture in the in the group stages against Liverpool, um, and I, well, when we said the super spreader, this is the exact reverse fixture of that super spreader game, Liverpool uh, via Atletico Madrid. Yep, and that was three two, I believe, in the end to Atletico. Yes. So, three two Atletico Madrid is my prediction. Oh,
0: Jem, that would be magical. Yeah, that you're right. That was the super spreader pre COVID event, wasn't it? Yep. Um well, it was right in the middle of the start of COVID, if I remember rightly. Uh we'd already we we're already in a pandemic and that game seemed to go seemed to need to go ahead. And uh, you know, fortunately At- Atletico won that one. Uh and uh yep, I'm with you there, Jem. We'll be hoping for an Atletico win. Have we got any Liverpool fans listening to this?
1: Uh not that I know of right now, but I may have recruited one uh, <laughs> over the weekend. So, right. if he is listening... Um... This will be his first oh, I... and only one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've warned him of this. i said it's all good banter, but sometimes it goes a bit further than that. So. <laughs> okay, well, what's his name? Uh, Kieran. Another Kieran.
0: Another K- Well, you know a lot of Kierans, don't you? I do. uh, welcome, Kieran, to... To the podcast, if you are listening, and uh, you know this is as Jim says, this is all good nature banter against Liverpool. We really don't like them at all. Neither of us. Jim doesn't like them a bit more than me. Um I still say, I still maintain that one uh, Premier League win that you've had has an asterisk next to its uh, <laughs> next to its title because it was the COVID era. It was the COVID win. It doesn't really count uh but yeah anyway welcome aboard kieran too and uh hope you're enjoying it uh hope you're enjoying us insulting your <laughs> club Ah, <laughs> uh, right have we have we done it jim
1: i believe we have we've done it can you believe this we're 15 episodes into united united yeah and they said it wouldn't last it's uh we've done well oh jim one other little
0: item i just wanted to mention um and I, I forgot to weave this in anywhere, so I'm just going to bolt it onto the end really uh, in a really ugly way. I had a couple of people contact me saying uh, I'm not a real fan for bailing out of going to the City game last week. You know the, uh, uh, yep. the Carabao Cup game where I said um, I could have made an excuse to say I was busy that night, but I just said I, I didn't really want to waste my time and yep. waste a tenner seeing us lose 6-0. And a couple of people contacted me and said, well, that's not really a fan, is it? I mean, they obviously haven't listened to the podcast in depth because they'll know that (laughs) that is my modus operandi. That's my style, right? It is
1: pessimistic West Ham fan. Pessimistic
0: West Ham fan. But I do want to pick up on this. And I want to say that me not going to that game, I I just want to bring the listeners on a bit of a journey here. Me not going to that game contributed to us winning that game. Gem, it's known as the butterfly effect. And it's a theory I've had for a long, long time. You know, sometimes I go to a game and we lose. And I think, oh, if I hadn't gone, would the result have been different? And sometimes I don't go to a game and we win. And I think that was me not going. And obviously, it works the other way around sometimes. Sometimes I go to a game and we win. And I think, well, I contributed to that win. Yep. And this is the way I want, I want to explore this, Gem. If you, do, if you go to a football game, right? you interact with other humans. You can't avoid it, unfortunately. They're everywhere, Mm. right? Especially when you go into a a ground like West Ham, who, by the way, have now up their um, capacity to, I think, 62,500 is is a new capacity. Um, So you're going to interact with lots of humans. Now, you know, I'll go along to the game and I'll on the way to the match, I'll bump into someone and slightly change their direction or something, who will then bump into someone and that will slightly change what they were going to do, who will then bump into someone, who will then bump into someone. And that chain reaction might <laughs> result in somebody who I've bumped into, who's bumped into, bumped into bumping into, let's say, Declan Rice or Mikel Antonio and subtly make them do something different than what they were going to do. It might just be as simple as, you know, they're about to think something and then they think of something else. So they're about to go and get something and then they don't go and get that thing. Yep. Um, and that then changes the whole course of events on the pitch. Yep, It's the butterfly effect. You know, a butterfly f- flaps its wings in China, and we get, um, we get a whirlwind in Northampton. So this is, um, this is my theory, Jem, that I'm going to defend my position of not going to the city game by saying if I had have gone, I would have bumped into someone who bumped into someone who bumped into someone, or maybe I'd have shouted something that the players would have heard <laughs> that would have materially affected the flow of that game. So me not going contributed to us winning on penalties.
1: Well, it's, it's a really well thought out excuse not <laughs> going to the game. <laughs> and fair play for that. It, it, it basically it comes across to me and maybe the listeners, that. You know, you're finding an excuse to say, um, well, to not say you're a bad luck charm when you go to the games.
0: I, um, I was trying to bring some science in there, Gem, to sort of really, um, you know, <laughs> disguise it as something scientific. But to be fair to you, Gem, you've seen right through it. But I just want the listeners to ponder that. You know, everything we do has every minor thing we do has an effect on, on other people. And, um, yeah, you know, I'm going to say something now, Jem. I think we can all spread a bit of love, can't we? We can all spread a bit more love around the world, and that has a positive effect on other people. Except when we're doing this podcast, Jem, and then we dish it out to Liverpool, Spurs, Man City, Norwich, who we haven't even mentioned, yep. and one or two other clubs. But, yeah, we all can have an effect, Jem. We can all have a positive effect on the world.
1: It was a really nice ending.
0: Oh, thank you, Jem. Yeah. <laughs> we never we never say anything like this do we uh nope. that's thrown us both i don't know what i was thinking um <laughs> okay so that's the end of the podcast uh and uh unless you've got anything to add jim any other last minute items that you want to bolt on uh... i think that was
1: a wonderful way to end spread the love
0: okay Jem. that's brilliant okay so i'm gonna say it's goodbye for me
1: goodbye from me